Welcome to Street Knowledge with Chris Graham. Welcome to the podcast, Chris Graham. And I got Scott German here with me, and we're going to talk some interesting uh, midsummer news. UVA football practice has already started for 2023, but our eyes are probably on 2024 and beyond. Uh, as conference realignment fever has picked back up, you know, last couple summers, uh, the the news came in more in June and early July, uh, and here we are in early August, and man, it's so much has happened in the last few days, it's hard to keep up. Uh, it's Florida State is talking openly about leaving the ACC. We've got Oregon and Washington uh, going from being uh, looked at by the Big Ten to now being invited to accepting the invitations to the Big Ten. Boy, we've, let's see, we've got Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, all headed to the Big 12. The Pac-12, as we know it, is going to no longer exist after this year. And uh, there's news involving, potentially news involving Virginia uh, and making a move somewhere. And that's what we're going to try to talk about and get the idea for how all this can affect, because all we, you know, ultimately, Scott, all we care about is how this impacts Virginia. So, uh, you know, I, for, Scott, obviously, from Virginia's standpoint, Carla Williams, Jim Ryan can't sit and do nothing. The world is changing rapidly around us, and we've got to make some moves. And, uh, you know, the, the two obvious ones would be SEC or Big Ten. And it seems like maybe something's going to be happening, perhaps in the next few days. Well, I think you mentioned it yesterday, Chris, that the deadline for schools in the ACC to notify the ACC that they weren't going to be there next year was August 15th. Is that correct? That's correct, yeah. So however they go about getting out of the grant of rights, they're going to have to, if that's their intent, yeah, they have what today's the, they have 10 days. 10 days from now, yeah. yeah. And you're right. If, if, if Carla Williams and Jim Ryan aren't sitting face to face in an office right now, then something's wrong somewhere. Hey Scott, for so for our podcast listeners, this makes no sense. But from for our people going to be watching on YouTube, can you adjust your uh, camera down a little bit? Because when you move your head, there yeah, you're perfect, perfect. Because when you move, right. you talk, yeah, you're good. Because when you talk, you you're you're animated, so your face ends up falling out there you're perfect now so no yeah so, uh, yeah if they're if they're not sitting across from one another in an office somewhere on grounds and then we got a problem right well not just those two but i would think that at least your chair of the board of visitors uh you know your your rector probably some business folks lawyers <laughs> maybe a big zoom all of a sudden is, is is engaged there and i'll be honest i i scott i think you may have multiple zooms up uh because uh, you probably have that one. Uh, you probably have some folks in a separate one that uh, include other ACC school uh, decision makers um, because the Magnificent Seven that we heard about this spring probably needs to be chatting with each other. Uh, and then you probably also have whichever conference you're leaning towards uh, working with on a separate one so you know there's a lot because there's so much going on again the, the pace of how things have happened this week scott i mean two years ago we were driving i think it was driving back from the acc football kickoff when we heard the news about oklahoma texas getting ready to head to the sec which is not gonna happen until next year then last year i think we were heading to the acc football kickoff when we were talking about the news of uc usc and ucla heading to the big 10 um 
that stuff has taken a long time. It's th- those those moves still haven't happened yet. They're, they've been in, uh, you know approved, etc., but they haven't actually moved, and they won't move until next summer. But so much has happened in the last few days. It's hard to figure out what day it is. So um, I can only imagine how little sleep Jim Ryan, Carla Williams, uh, and people like that are getting right now. Yeah, and you know these are decisions that that schools like UVA, North Carolina, that are that are really strong schools in non-revenue sports i mean everyone thinks this is about football well it is but the ramifications go all the way down to the women's field hockey teams oh yeah because if if the revenue's not there those sports are going to eventually suffer and so these are huge decisions that 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 they have to make they're not probably going to be easy decisions to make to if 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 the ultimate end result is leaving the conference. But if you want to continue that tradition of, of being strong in those non-revenue sports, you've got to find a way to solidify your, your main source of income. And that right now is, is football. So let's uh, stop beating around the bush. Uh, the uh, word from the last couple of days Um has been evolving, let's just say. Uh, there were reports, uh, at least some things leaking out as of, I think, Wednesday, when FSU had its Board of Trustees meeting and its president, its Board of Regents. I mean, everybody in Philly, it seems like with Florida State, was saying, we're leaving. It just, we haven't got a place yet. We're not formally filing papers right this second, but they all but indicated everybody important there said, we've got to leave. We've got to go. But, um there were some reports linking uh, FSU and UVA to the SEC from that day. Now, it seems like um, ESPN's reporting this. I think the the Big Ten network itself has has been hinting towards this, but ESPN has outright reported it that the Big Ten is uh, target. So they the, the Big Ten on Thursday morning, uh, the Big Ten chancellors voted to uh, authorize their commissioner to talk with four schools uh, explicitly named were Oregon and Washington who have now been invited, have accepted uh, uh, the invitation to join next year. So Oregon and Washington were explicitly named left unnamed were two other schools, but the chancellor said, we want, we want to talk with four schools. Um, ESPN is reporting uh, among others that those other two schools are UVA and UNC. Uh, this is not surprising. The uh, UVA and UNC have been linked uh, to uh, the Big Ten and vice versa, Big Ten to the UVA and UNC for, uh, for the past couple of years, uh, as far as having mutual interest. Um, and so I think we can say with some authority that uh, this seems like it's in the works. I will add now, this is not with any authority, but I will just add um, everything else that's happening in college sports realignment is set to happen July 1st of 2024. So, um, you know, for, for example, Oklahoma and Texas formally will join uh, the SEC f- July 1st of 2024. We know that USC, UCLA, now Washington, now Oregon will be joining the Big Ten as of July 1st of 2024. The new schools headed to the Big 12. Um, the, the ones I mentioned, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, uh, and Colorado will be heading on July 1st, 2024. So whatever is going to happen uh, with UVA, UNC, uh, would have to happen by July 1st, 2024, which gets back to the August 15th date, Scott, that you mentioned. To leave any schools who wish to leave the ACC, uh, 
after the current year have to notify the ACC membership by August 15th of this year. So that's 10 days away. So that says that something has to happen. If it's going to happen with the Big Ten and UVA and UNC, it's got a shelf life of 10 days. Um, Scott, this is this is it, this seems like this is either going to happen or if it doesn't happen, I mean, I don't know what happens to UVA, UNC, and others who are looking to leave because I, I think the, the, the door is open now, but it, it, it could close in 10 days, and I don't know what happens if it clo- – I don't think it opens back up, Scott. Well, not for Virginia or North Carolina, possibly. Is that I don't think it opens for any of the Magnificent Seven. I honestly don't. I think if the, if the SEC and the Big Ten – uh, as of August fifteenth of this year, don't have any ACC members leaping to join. I don't. I don't know that they're going to revisit this anytime soon. Those those yeah. two conferences. Yeah, you're probably right, and and there is a sense of urgency. So, so I want to play. Okay, devil, Scott, your devil. camera again. I'm sorry. I want to play okay. devil's <laughs> advocate with you, Chris, and say, why would what other than the obvious, the money, the the increase in revenue, what would the move to the Big Ten, gain Virginia and North Carolina? Well, it would prevent them. So not only the money that you would get that would be a benefit, but it would also, it would stop a negative from happening. Because at this stage, the Pac-12 may continue in some form. When I say that they're dead, but the Pac-12 as a Power Five conference no longer exists. It would surprise me if if the remnants of the Pac-12, which is now a Pac-4, if though if if you're if if they're left with Cal and and Stanford and what would the others be um who are Oregon who, State and Oregon Washington. State and Washington State yeah if those four don't invite six other members from the Mountain West or somewhere else out there and and invite them into the pack whatever it will be um they're going to do that I mean so there's going to be something called a pack something that's going to have a ancestral tie to the Pac ten of the of old Pac eight and Pac ten of old. Um, but they're not going to be a power five. Uh, the ACC probably isn't a power five either anymore. If, if things don't change by August 15th of this year, uh, which means because the, the big 12 is going, you know, Jim Phillips at the ACC kickoff I was at last week said, we're third. I almost want to say that's our new slogan. We're third <laughs> you know, because the, the, the SEC and big 10 are so much further ahead of us revenue wise. If we're th- we're not going to be third anymore, the the Big Twelve has passed us, and we're going to be fourth in a in a three superpower world. That's not a way to exist. What uh, Scott, I think you alluded to it. I mean, this this impacts not just football and men's basketball. It, it it impacts every sport. It goes all the way down to field hockey and whatever else you want to say on the non revenue side. And so, uh, you know, your 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 non revenue sports are going to wither on the vine. Your football is certainly never going to improve. Your ba- your men's basketball is going to be affected by this. So that's the that's the other side of this. It's not only about let's go out and make more money. It's about can we just preserve mm-hmm. what we've done for all these years to build up our athletics programs to the level they are and not let them just wither on the vine and die. Yeah, the, the power five is is on life support right now. Well, the the name power five, yeah. The name power five. It's going to be a power two. Yeah, I would put Big 12 up there as a third in a power three. So, yeah, the ACC has to uh, has to find a way to, and I don't see a way. I think the only way the ACC 
continues the schools in the ACC is just to go their own way. And I think that's well has been in the works for some time. It's been in the works. Uh, the Magnificent Seven we talked about met has been meeting, uh, you know, whether in groups of two or three or even more and whether they're meeting in, in person or virtually, whatever, for several months um, addressing this issue. I still think there will be an ACC after, I mean, I, I, honestly, if, if, if the Virginias and Carolinas, if the, if the rest of those Magnificent Seven, which include Florida State, Clemson, Miami, Virginia Tech, NC State, if those, those groups are going to be, those, those schools and, and at least one more are going to be making some move, I think, in the next 10 days. It, it just behooves them from a fiduciary standpoint, it, you know. If, if if they were uh, for profit companies, um, investors would have reason to sue, to sue them for lack of fiduciary duty if they don't make a move in the next ten days, uh, because they're they're shooting themselves in the foot financially if they don't. But um, the other schools have to figure out what they're going to do. The other schools being the ones outside of that magnificent seven plus one, um, they'll they'll do the same thing. I think the pack whatever we'll do and invite some other people to join and be part of the quote unquote ACC. But the powers of the ACC need to look out for their own interests. And uh, I, I think, so it's not just going to be to me, UVA and UNC, you're going to see Florida state's been blowing smoke. Uh, there's fire there. Clemson hasn't been blowing smoke, but you know that there's interest there as well. I think you're going to see the seven plus, I don't know who the eighth is, but you're going to see something happen in the next week at least if not gosh i mean i'm i check my email scott i refresh my email every few minutes because i still think the news could be coming anytime something's going to happen it's going to happen soon yeah and you know i read something you may have read it too i was trying to find that's why i look distracted looking on my computer here but can't that the acc with the athletic directors were going to have a meeting today okay i haven't seen that no i have not and and they were going to discuss ways to increase revenue including expansion i mean what that's a what what a waste of time man. who who would they bring in that that's going to all of a sudden uh encourage espn to start paying them more money there's there there's no other schools left now yeah I'll, I'll throw this idea this is just an idea now this is not anything reported this is just speculation so let's just i'll just couch it that way but here's here's what i'll say i was on the phone earlier today with uh with a, a college buddy of mine who's uh i mean he's a very knowledgeable guy we both went to eva together he he runs a company in richmond um uh engineering degree mba from university of richmond he's he's smart fella and and we were talking about notre dame so if you're notre dame right now now notre dame as of last week you know oh yeah we're going to sign our own tv deal etc etc but scott you and i were chatting last night uh these tv networks fox and espn fox owns the tv rights to uh the big 10 uh sec is owned their tv rights are owned by espn um, they're going to be demanding, I mean, the speculation is, and it's pretty informed speculation, that they're going to be demanding that the conferences that they own these TV rights to aren't going to give them a package of games that includes three or four non-conference games, the likes of Alcorn State, North Carolina A&T versus Alabama. They're going to be demanding 10 conference games. If you schedule, If you're going to demand that these power conferences schedule 10 conference games, that doesn't give the Notre Dames of the world, and there aren't many Notre Dames left in independent football, 
the ability to schedule a lot of non-conference games. Um, you know, right now Notre Dame plays Michigan every year. They play uh, USC every year. If you're Michigan and USC and you're playing 10 Big Ten games, do you want to play an 11th game against Notre Dame? You probably want to play two warm-up games. That's all you can play at this stage. So it gets tough if you're Notre Dame to schedule games. Maybe Notre Dame looks at this now, how things have changed, and says, huh, this landscape has changed since last week. Maybe we need to join the ACC full-time. That, to me, Scott, is the only thing that precludes the ACC as we know it from completely breaking up. Yeah, and, you, you know, what What I've read about that scenario is that if these conferences are going to go to 20 teams, 20 teams, yes, 20 members, there's no way that the networks that are paying these schools millions upon millions of dollars are going to allow them to only play eight conference games. Yeah. They're going to say, if you're going to go to, if you got a 20-team conference, you got to play at least 10 conference games. Yeah, you know, the Pac-12 was already playing nine. I think the SEC stuck at eight. I think the Big Ten was moving to nine, but yeah, ten. ten it's going to go to ten, and then and then all of a sudden, the inventory for Notre Dame is going to shrink to nothing. So by default, these Power Two conferences or Power Three, if you want to include the Big Twelve, they're going to box Notre Dame into a situation that, unless Notre Dame wants to play UMass. Army. Um, Army's in a conference. Yeah. Um, Actually, Army and Navy are both in a conference. Both in a conference. Um, unless they want to play some games that aren't going to be that attractive to Notre Dame, to uh, to NBC, and aren't going to be that attractive to get Notre Dame the, the look that you need to have at the end of the season to qualify for college football playoffs. Um Notre Dame may be forced to join a conference. Well, think about this aspect too. Okay, so let, let's say this this meeting you're talking about today, Scott, happens, and it's a, obviously going to be a virtual meeting. Um, let's say that the uh, that Bubba Cunningham at UNC and Carla Williams at UVA say, "All right, uh, if we can't get this situation resolved uh, and we can continue as an ACC, we're going to the Big Ten. Um, and the ACC, thus as we know it, is no longer going to be. Right now, Notre Dame has five games with ACC schools to help give it 12 games on the season. Um, if the ACC doesn't exist as that anymore, um, the, the naturally from a geographic standpoint, I mean, the Big Ten has wanted Notre Dame for 40 years, and they just haven't been able to lure them either. If the ACC doesn't exist anymore, where does Notre, Notre if if the Big Ten is going to be twenty schools and UVA and UNC are nineteen and twenty, uh, unless the Big Ten kicks somebody out, Notre Dame is not going to be number twenty one in a twenty team conference. They might go from being you know oh we're independent and we love our independence to we're to begging in everything. To be, yeah, yeah, to begging someone to pick them up. Yeah. Um, so, so so this could be your your friend was right. This the at the eleventh hour. The, the powers that be at Notre Dame could see, may see the handwriting on the wall, and we're not going to have an inventory of games if these conferences go to 10 games. Um, we're going to have to join the ACC, and then the ACC is going to have to make some consolations to Notre Dame to keep their NBC package. Well, I see, I see at this point, though, if you're the ACC, why do you why do you make uh, why don't why do you give up that leverage point? If you're if you're the ACC and you're saying to Notre Dame. 
if you're UVA and UNC and you're saying to Notre Dame, we're either going to the Big Ten and making a lot more money or we're going to stay here uh, and you're, we're going to let you make more money. No, nah, uh-uh. I'm not. If I'm if I'm Carla Williams, if I'm Jim Ryan, I would just I'll speak for them because there are people there are UVA people. I'm not letting Notre Dame make 60 million dollars a year. Uh, and then we still get st- stuck with pennies just so we can say Notre Dame's in the conference. We have to make more money, too. Um, and I would wonder, I mean, this is complete speculation. I would wonder if Notre Dame then joining the league formally as a football member, how that could impact uh, the contract with ESPN. And maybe that opens up an opportunity to to make some more money that way. So that's all complete speculation. But I mean, the idea, Scott, no, I had not heard that news that you're talking about there, that the ACC uh, athletics directors will be meeting today. But that, to me, is the only reason they could be meeting today, because dividing up the same small pot of money in a different way is not going to satisfy Florida State. It's not going to satisfy Clemson. It's not going to satisfy UVA and North Carolina. So if it doesn't satisfy those, you know, I mean, Scott, we've got word from the Florida State folks this week they think that the the grant of media rights which is supposedly so ironclad is not as ironclad their lawyers don't think it's that ironclad i am getting indications scott that uva has lawyers who've been combing this thing over and they're not worried about it either so worst case scenario if 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 though if uva and unc just say and florida state just says we're leaving the, the rest of you can stay here all as long as you want we're leaving we'll pay the 120 million dollar exit fee and we're not giving you a dime of that grant of rights, $120 million, and then all of a sudden you're making full shares in the uh, uh, Big Ten for UVA, UNC. I would speculate that Florida State would end up in the um, SEC. Those full shares are going to be worth $50 million more per year in a couple of years. Um, your your donors can figure out a way to pay those exit fees so you can secure your bottom line down the road. Yeah, I mean, they they know that they see the handwriting on the wall, and, and I don't know what could be could be on the agenda to be discussed as far as expansion, other than other oh, than Notre they, Dame. Yeah, uh, who, who out there? Don't know any schools out there? Yeah, there's uh, only there's only school because at this stage, there's no. I mean, I've I've been beating the dead horse. It seems like for a couple of years over SMU, just because SMU's in Dallas and Dallas is a big TV market and a big TV market that if you're charging five dollars per month for the ACC network, it's a three million person TV market. So it'd be worth between ten and twelve million dollars a year more per school for the ACC if we got ACC network in Dallas. Um, and that's ten or tw- ten or twelve million is not anything to sneeze at. If you get SMU in to ten or twelve million more per year. If Notre Dame has to split up, it has to share its money from NBC uh, and it brings the Chicago market to us. Um, you know, there may be if you add those two up, that may be 30 million a year. We're getting closer to SEC and Big Ten money. Um, but absent, I mean, absent something like that, absent getting Notre Dame in as a full football member and then getting SMU in as a full member. Right there's getting West Virginia in getting someone else in stealing someone from the AAC ain't going to move the needle. So this meeting ends in one of two ways. It ends with, we're going to have expansion news tonight, or we're going to hear that UVA and UNC, not necessarily tonight, but we're going to hear that UVA, UNC, Florida state, Clemson, at least are, they're going to, they're going to leave the meeting thinking it's time for us to, to go ahead and move away. So for for the one or maybe two 
Virginia Tech fans that are watching. Yeah. We feel sorry for you. Well, yeah, we because... do in a way. Uh, but our scenario last night in our discussion is that Tech, Tech should land at a pretty comfortable spot. I in the Big 12, most likely. More than likely, but there's no guarantee. And so, so having said that, what changes the scenario that the legislatures in the state of Virginia don't try to block Virginia moving without taking tech along with them? Well, one, the legislature isn't in session, so then the legislature has nothing to do with this. You know, that, that question comes from a position of, of good history. So you're bringing up a great point. Um, the reason Virginia Tech's in the ACC is because Mark Warner, then the governor, now U.S. Senator from Virginia, um, uh, leveraged a, a vote in his favor. And the vote he leveraged was back in uh, 2004 when the ACC was looking to expand from nine at that stage. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm coughing too. Um, at, from nine at that stage, there was a the desire to go to 12. And at that time, it, I think it was um, Miami, Boston College, and Syracuse were on the table. But at the time, with nine members, uh, you needed uh, seven votes uh, to expand the conference. And of the nine at that time, Duke and North Carolina were adamant they did not want to expand the conference. And so that was seven to two. You had seven, but uh, Mark Warner wanted Virginia Tech in the ACC. And so he instructed John Castine, then the president of EVA, to say, I will not vote for expansion if we don't replace one of the schools that's being considered for expansion with Virginia Tech. And so Boston, uh, Boston College, Miami, and Virginia Tech were added. Syracuse wasn't added for 10 years. Syracuse got left on the wayside there, and it was 2014 when they finally entered the league. And so that's why Virginia, uh, the state of Virginia, the, the government of Virginia was able to leverage getting Virginia Tech in. It was because of that quirk of uh, if, if Virginia, do, if UVA doesn't vote for Virginia Tech to come in the league, we will not vote for anybody to come in the league. There's not a same kind of situation now uh, going with this. Virginia is on its own. See, at that time, you know, I mean, a, a president of a university serves at the leisure of the Board of Visitors. The Board of Visitors is appointed by a governor. Um, at this stage, uh, you know, the Board of Visitors that runs GVA, the president that works for him, um, there, there's no political pressure to bring Virginia Tech along with them because it, there, there's, there's, there's really no leverage point to, to do that with. So, Virginia Tech's on its own, and you know I'm not. I'm, I'm, and when I say this, Whit Babcock has been a member of this magnificent seven. He's he's been right. in these discussions with Carla Williams, the other athletics directors, uh, all these past several months. So not, none of this is going to be a surprise to any of the members of this group. Uh, they probably, you know, I assume. I mean, this is all assumptions at this stage, but my assumption is if Virginia and UNC are this close. I mean, they've got an offer and, and lots of people are reporting that UNC and UVA have an offer from the big 12 uh, from the big 10 to join um, that the other schools in that magnificent seven have their own offers and they're just waiting for the buttons to be pushed to be able to take those offers. Yeah. I, I, I think I had read and I, I did find something that the magnificent seven included Clemson, Florida state, Miami, North Carolina, North Carolina State, Virginia, and Virginia Tech. Mm -hmm. And sort of the from, from also from what I read is that they they banded together 
but they would not act upon anything until there was a landing spot for all seven schools. Right, right. Well, it now seems with the FSU pushing the agenda pretty far up in this past week that it's clear that all seven schools have have a reasonable assurity that they have a landing spot. Yeah, for them to come out so publicly and so vociferously with with what those folks are saying, and we're talking about, again, the president, the board of trustees there. I mean, there was unanimity on the part of the leaders of Florida State. We need to leave the AZZ. Um, that uh, them going that route, going the nuclear route, that's the the button is being. It kind of feels like a slow motion button being pushed. Like we're still in the throes of the 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 full depress of the button, the finger on the button, and and we're just, just kind of waiting to see what happens when you know the detonation happens. And I don't think we're there yet. I think there's smoke. That means there's fire somewhere. I just don't know when and where we're going to you know finally find the source of the fire, but. Um, Florida State, I mean, yeah, they, they've got to have their landing spots already picked out. And I think that it just happens that, you know, we're talking about this because we've got all these reports about UVA and UNC being um, uh, formally in the crosshairs, formally behind the scenes in the crosshairs of the Big Ten. Uh, we just don't know the with certainty the other destination spots for the other schools. And also, so we keep talking about a Magnificent Seven. Um you know, I've had questions. In fact, the the, the uh, man I was talking with, my college buddy, uh, was asking, so how does this happen? You know, how do we not pay an exit fee? How do we not have to worry about the grant of rights? Well, I mean, one scenario for this where there'd be no exit fee potentially would be if if eight members, which would be a majority of the 15, uh, vote to leave the ACC, um, you know, the the grander media rights goes away. So that's, uh, you know, and the grander media rights is important. I know we're talking about this and, and, and people listening probably have a general idea of what grander media rights means. Effectively, it's the money that you get paid uh, for your rights to your, the broadcast of your home games. Now, you know, that, that would include everything down to field hockey, but obviously for the most part, it means football and men's basketball. Those are the sports that make money. So, the amount of money that's worth per school is about 40 million per year. That's an approximation, 35 to 40 million. Of course, that will increase with inflation over the years. But from the standpoint of where you're at now, we're in 2023. The contract with ESPN and the ACC runs through 2036. 40 million per year for 13 more years is over $500 million that you would not have access to. Essentially, if, if UVA and UNC left for the Big Ten had to pay a $120 million exit fee and then could not make $40 million per year from the broadcast of their home games, that would cost the schools in, in the end about $600 million um, if nothing else was negotiated. Of course, in, in contracts, everything can be negotiated. But if the grant of media rights goes away, if eight schools say we are breaking the media rights deal, we're breaking this deal with ESPN, we're, we're leaving the conference. That that goes away. Every for everything I've seen from a legal standpoint, all the legal analysts who weighed in say that goes away. You may you may still owe the exit fee, but you would not owe you would you would get back you would claw back your media rights, and then you can make money whatever conference you went to afterwards from your home game broadcast. So that's what's at stake here. Um, and it could be that the hundred twenty million dollar exit fees at stake here too. We don't know. I don't know that 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 schools leaving will completely uh, get out of this scot free. Um, I assume that the other seven or how many ever members would be left, 
I still assume they would want to maintain some semblance of ACC and then maybe invite some lower level JMUs or ODUs or Appalachian States or something like that to be part of the ACC down the road and maintain a name ACC. But, um, but yeah, the, the grant of media rights can be broken with a majority leaving the conference. That's everybody that I've, every legal analyst I've read opine on that has said that. So that's what's at stake here uh, is, is basically $500 million over the next 13 years. Yeah, and the, the, I'm reading an article about, so the Magnificent Seven was created in May of this past year. May. Well, it was, no, it was discovered in May. Discovered, yes. <laughs> and they'd um, been meeting, they had been meeting and talking with each other for months leading up to that. We only found out about them in May. <laughs> uh, so I'm just paraphrasing the, the article I'm, I'm reading. It said they had, uh, they had lawyers looking for loopholes in the grant of rights, and apparently... Um, the seven schools have decided that the grant of rights would dissolve if half of the member institutions left at the same time. Mm -hmm. Well, seven is not half of 15. But seven is half of 14. If you don't consider Notre Dame. Right. So that's that's a question, too, then. That's but if Notre Dame does leave for all other sports, then eight is half of 15. Well, 15. I wonder, though, if Notre Dame has that motivation, just with, with what I laid out there. If the ACC ceases to exist, where do they go? Or if the ACC can – if they leave, where do they go? So if well, they in, in football, leave, they would just go back to being independent. But, again, they've got that they, that that thousand-pound pink elephant in the corner of the room. And if they leave the other sports, where do they go? Where, yeah. where do those other sports go? They don't where, go they, where, is their non where is their basketball program then? Maybe to the Big East. I don't know. Maybe Big um, East, yeah, and 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 then they could say independent in football, yeah, because the Big East is a non um, at this stage is a non football conference. So we we had a little fun last night. So the seven, the magnificent seven, we've decided that Clemson, Florida State, and Miami would go to the Southeast Conference, which would then need to add one more to get to twenty. Um, maybe in a fourth from the ACC, like an NC State, maybe a Virginia Tech. I would throw Georgia Tech in there. Or Georgia Tech. Too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just as a possibility. Yeah. Uh, certainly improve their academics. Well, in academics and also you would sew up Georgia. Uh, they already so have Georgia with the Georgia Bulldogs in Athens. But if you get the Atlanta TV market and you basically say to the rest of the college sports world, Georgia is ours. Uh, because if you leave Georgia Tech out there and someone else comes and snaps them up, whether it's even if the ACC just stays around, I, I Georgia Tech is an interesting, intriguing possibility there. Um, so that's the let's throw those four, for for arguments like let's throw those four into the SEC. We got some others left over. Virginia, North Carolina to the Big Ten, yes, and Tech to the uh, Tech and NC State to the Big Twelve, and then and and then it leaves interesting what happens. So the ACC, the other ACC members that are, because we, we, we've already thrown Georgia, we've pulled Georgia Tech out of the non-Magnificent Seven and thrown them in the SEC um, as a possibility. Um, then you've got where did Duke and Wake go, the other two Carolina schools. Um, and then what, uh, Syracuse, Pitt, Boston College, uh, Louisville is, not, is, is still sitting out there. I mean, so... Uh, geographically, so if you're looking at the Big 12, I think you threw out what you threw out uh, NC State, Virginia Tech, um, as as big as the Big 12 would need a couple more schools. Pitt could be interesting there, uh, Pitt, West, and, and Louisville, Louisville, Pitt. Pitt, but Pitt, West Virginia as a rivalry, 
Then you'd have West Virginia, Virginia Tech as a rivalry in the Big 12. Those would be really interesting, especially football games. Um, Louisville is kind of a perfect uh, bridge. Louisville, Louisville would be matched with Cincinnati already. Right. Well, so yeah, those yeah. are good. Those are good fits, and those are good landing spots. Maybe not the revenue that they would get from the SEC or the Big Ten, but certainly more than they're going to get from remaining in a in a absolutely crippled ACC. Right, because the ACC at this stage becomes sort of like the Big East is now. You know, the Big East 20, 30 years ago was a thriving football and basketball conference, but it's now just a basketball conference. The ACC, if everyone leaves that we're talking about, uh, which is a distinct possibility, it could happen as soon as today, based on what we're hearing uh, from Scott talking about this meeting that's going to be happening today. Um, the ACC, if it's if it's left, if you're left with Duke and Wake and Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech, NC State, I mean, you know, the schools, well, and, and Pitt and Syracuse and Boston College, that is, that is, yeah, that's a, that's a, a losing lineup. Uh, yeah, and you so, know, Chris, I, um, I was thinking of, yeah, what happens to Duke? What happens to Wake Forest? And I, late last night, I was watching the Big Ten Network, and they were like wall-to-wall coverage all day. Uh, and they had Nicole Auerbach, and they discussed the adding of Washington and, and um um Oregon, right? Yes. And to get to 18 and then the potential of getting to 20. And they they mentioned possibly Cal Stanford or two ACC schools unnamed, which we're assuming would be Virginia and North Carolina. And then later they got the the the, the host asked, what happens, what happens to the Dukes and the Wake Forest? And Nicole, who I really like and respect she cut to the chase she said unfortunately no one cares yeah because football is driving this bus and and wake and duke are very small private schools yeah and they are they are non-factors in this now that's a great basketball program but they both and they've both been winning in football the last few years, but it's not about winning. It's about those stadiums that aren't full, the small stadiums they can't fill up. You and know, I, and what, what the state brings, I mean, we talked about Virginia, 9 million, 9 million people. That's a, that's gotta be lucrative to the big 10. The, the math I did on this, Scott, uh, it's, it's, it's back of the envelope. Actually, not, I don't even have an envelope, it's just in the air math in my head. Nine million, nine million Virginia residents translates to about three million households, TV households, right? And Carolina is a similarly sized state. I think they're about eight and a half million. Let's just say two and a half million households, just for the sake of argument. Um, five and a half million households between those two states for the Big Ten. The Big Ten network charges eight dollars per month to cable subscribers uh, who who uh, to to be able to access the Big Ten network. Um, I don't watch the Big Ten network right now, and and. And it's when I say that they charge eight dollars to TV subscribers in the states in which Big Ten schools um, are housed. Um, we live in Virginia, Scott, both of us, so we don't pay eight dollars per month because we don't have a Big Ten school in our state. We pay a lot less per month. If all of a sudden the Big Ten network is is uh, has a Virginia school and then a Carolina school in it, you're you're getting your 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 cable bill goes up a little bit or whatever happens there. Eight dollars per month times five and a half million households. That's forty-four million dollars a month. That's four hundred and eighty-four million dollars a year for the Big Ten. Divide that by twenty. That's twenty-four million per year per school. 
that the Big Ten benefits by being in, in Virginia in North Carolina. Um, then from the standpoint of if Virginia and North Carolina are in the league, they've got the West Coast ties with, with the, the L.A. market. They've got then you know places in Oregon and Washington. They've got Chicago with Northwestern. They would you, you could consider the DC TV market sewn up because they got Maryland and Virginia. That re, you know back when Maryland and Virginia were both in the ACC, DC was ours. Um, now we split the allegiances, but when Virginia, if Virginia and Maryland are back in the same conference, DC is ours. Um, you've got Tobacco Road with North Carolina. We have been to how many ACC tournaments, Scott? That stadium, uh, whatever stadium, whether it's Greensboro or Charlotte, um, when Carolina is playing in the ACC tournament, every section is is Carolina blue except for the section of the team that they're playing. Carolina, the state of North Carolina is North UNC sports. Um, yes. The other three ACC schools have a trickle of fans, and and then it's everybody else is Carolina, North Carolina fans. So, um, uh, the big from this from a business standpoint. The Big Ten surpasses the SEC if if UNC and, and, and Virginia join the Big Ten. Yeah, I agree. And uh, we're just going to have to get used to going to the uh, ACC kickoff, football kickoff in Chicago, which is not a bad thing. <laughs> hey, sh- there's a there's a direct flight from Charlottesville now. They, they just yeah. announced that this week. So as long as we can keep that going, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, spending a couple of days in the Windy City is uh, you got a good chance we can catch a ball game. With hey, there's the two teams. The yeah, there's there's two. One of the two is going to be at home, and they both <laughs> right now they both suck. So it doesn't. That's okay. Yeah, there's plenty of seats. but no, the you know, and we were even talking about this last night, Scott. So I think we should, we could share this out loud if, assuming all this happens, as we think it very well may. Um, you were asking me about, okay, so how does this impact football attendance? Because obviously, I mean, from a basketball standpoint, man, UNC in, in Virginia coming into the Big Ten, the Big Ten hasn't won a national championship in this century yet, but UNC 2017, Virginia 2019, we go in and we're probably the premier programs in basketball right away. I mean, we're we're at least a, 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 on we're, that We're going to be tier. in the upper four or five teams. Yeah, we're in the top. We, we are in the top tier, and I, I think we're the top two teams in the conference, but we're there um, somewhere in that range. From a football standpoint, all right, right now we can't sell football tickets to save our lives at Virginia because the team is struggling, obviously. Even when we had a good year 2019, we still couldn't fill the stadium up. The first few years of a potential joining the Big Ten in football. All right, so one of those years, Ohio State will probably come to Charlottesville. One of those years, you'll see Michigan in Charlottesville. One of those years, you'll see Michigan State in Charlottesville. One of those years, you'll see USC in Charlottesville. So even if the football program is still working its way up again, um, we'll fill the stadium up just because we're not playing Duke and Georgia Tech and Boston College, Boston College at home. I mean, we're playing some schools that fans are going to say, hey, I'm, you know, OK, Virginia's playing and we're not that good. But, man, I want to see Ohio State play. So that can be a bridge to us, to, you know, put people put butts in seats um maybe we sneak an upset in one of those games uh, as we're hopefully improving getting better etc and in the meantime i mean i think it's an it's a natural that we'll sell more tickets the first few years of uh, uh in- entering the big 10 um because of the novelty of it all so i mean i think from a from a business standpoint the big 10 this makes sense a business standpoint of uva this makes a lot of sense you know i don't know if, if off the top of your head, you're familiar with our home football schedule this year. 
which I'm, is I'm not, unfortunately which, a little bit too familiar. Yeah. yeah which yeah. is not, not really great. <laughs> it's not great. No. Um, but I just, while we were talking, played with, if we did accept membership into the big 10 in a couple of years, you could, you could have this as assuming that we play the big 10 does go to a 10 game schedule, right? Yeah. Like we're suggesting the networks are going to demand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's say we play six home, six away. We could have a home schedule that includes, and I'm not going to throw all the great, the, the big name teams in, but we could have a home schedule that includes Ohio State, Purdue, Michigan State, North Carolina, Virginia yeah. Tech as your non-conference game, right? We'll still play Tech. I would right. assume. I would assume we'll, we would try to negotiate a home and home with them. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, Nebraska, mm-hmm. Penn now, State. If you're if you're the ACC, if you're in the UVA ticket office, you're going yeah. grueling at that. Oh yeah, you, and and you'll and, probably and, get. And we're not going to continue. I mean, this year's team would struggle mightily, but this year's team might struggle mightily in the Sun Belt Conference. That's so, right. That's I right. can't think that this would not help. This would elevate recruiting. It would. Oh God, yeah. Yo, oh God, it, it would elevate recruiting. It would get the donors excited. It would get the season ticket potential season ticket buyers excited. Excited. Uh, yeah. And and also, hey, right now Virginia and Virginia Tech both. You know, of course, so I'll say I'll, I'll bring Virginia Tech into this. We're both paying our head football coaches less than what Liberty's paying its head football coach. That's a, that's the economic reality we're in right now. You go to the Big Ten and get some Big Ten money starting to flow through the coffers. Um, whether it's Tony Elliott, hope and God, you know, I'm rooting for him to be, do well. I know this year is going to be awful. I've been very critical for lots of reasons, but I want it to be Tony Elliott because he's a super human being, and I think he's a knowledgeable football coach, and God love him. So let's just say Tony Elliott. Okay, so right now he's making about four million a year. Let's say he does get things going in a couple of years and, you know, his his contract comes up and he's, he wants to resign and, and and we want to resign him. We're not paying him less than Liberty's coach when he gets the program back in order. We're paying him Big Ten money to be the football coach. And so, you know, right now, I mean, if if you stay in the ACC and he gets Virginia back, the first thing you got to think is who's going to who's going to poach him from us, you know, um, and so. I mean, having that having that extra fifty million a year is going to raise all both. It's going to make it so that the lacrosse coaches um, make more money, have a bigger recruiting budget. Um, your Brown O'Connor in baseball. We go to the uh, the Big Ten, assuming this happens. We go to the Big Ten, and we're the heavyweight in the baseball in the Big Ten. We go right away. Us in Carolina define that conference right away. Um, your every every program there, the coaches. Um, the coaches have more recruiting budget. The the uh, the student athletes have better strength and conditioning budgets. I mean, everything about this gets better. And uh, I, you know, it's it's or you stay where no you brainer. are. It's a no brainer. It's it's a no or you stay where you are and things wither. I mean, it's not like you know it, it goes away tomorrow. But you know, we fight a battle and we're we're it's it, we're constantly losing ground every day, uh, every month, every year. Uh, and you know, I'll say this about the University of Virginia. I'm an alum, Scott. You have you have been on ground since you were a, a kid, so we're both lifers here. Um, UVA doesn't do things half ass. 
Um, Carolina doesn't do things half-ass, you know. Uh, and and right now it feels like we're because we're stuck with the ACC, we're doing things half-ass, and uh, it just seems it's a no-brainer. This feels like it's going to be happening soon. I'm not, I'm not sure whether it was you and I talking uh, or or I was I had dinner last night with um, after I went to the UVA fo- open football practice yesterday and had dinner with Jerry Ratcliffe and we were talking and I, th- I think it was Jerry I, maybe both of you uh, I said you know I kind of feel sorry in a way because if once all these expansions are done. What's going to happen to the Liberties and the JMUs that have spent all this money upgrading their stadiums and Liberty has upgraded their stadium. They're paying their coach more than Virginia Tech and Virginia are paying their coaches. What's going to happen to all those programs? And then I got to thinking, if Virginia doesn't act, we're going to be one of those schools. And we're going to probably end up in a conference with JMU and Liberty. Right. That's that's how that's how this is going to go. So, um, or a conference, or a conference at the level of JMU and Liberty. No offense to those. No, there's absolutely no offense because we played JMU this year, and they could very well take us to the woodshed. JMU, I think they might, but if the ACC ACC doesn't advance, uh, and we're stuck in the ACC, we might as well be the Sun Belt or Conference USA. and, And there's a reason that the Big Ten wants UVA, not just not just for act for athletics, but UVA would bring a you know, would fit their profile of very high academic schools as well. Acad- academically, culturally, athletically, UVA and UNC are both really good fits, obviously great fits for the Big Ten. And um that's why there's been, you know, all this romance <laughs> for the last couple of years uh, and lo- all the talk and speculation in the media uh, and uh, apparent interest on the part of the Big Ten. I mean, you know, it, it, it's it's been made pretty clear uh, that that the, 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 there is an offer on the table uh, and it's now uh, in the hands of UVA and UNC to act upon that offer. And so that's what we can report to you here as we're. I think we're probably kind of wrapping up here, boy. This is this has been fun, Scott. Um, I, have a que- I have a question. Okay, quick question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I read this or saw it maybe on TV. Originally, wasn't the concept of conferences created so schools could share academia, academics, um, uh, research, academic uh, resources? I mean, even 50, 60 years ago. Oh, well, the I mean, conferences date back. You remember the ACC and SEC both came out of the old Southern Conference. That was a 30 right. team conference that stretched from mid Atlantic all the way to Texas. Um, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll be cynical and say uh, to me, the academic side of this is is the appendage, not the athletic side of this. I mean, yeah, there are lots of relationships between schools and you know, one reason Mark Warner was pushing for Virginia Tech to be included in the ACC back in 2004 the way he did was to increase the um, potential for that kind for the for the academical collegiality of Virginia Tech with ACC schools. And that certainly has benefited Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech as a school has uh, has made really substantial um, uh, improvements in growth in the last roughly 20 years because of its relationships with 
I mean, Virginia's UVA is an obvious one. They're in state, but you know, there have been some some uh, relationships forged academically between Virginia Tech and some of the Carolina schools, et cetera. So there is an aspect of that. Uh, but uh, you know, and 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 that's why Virginia and, and Carolina are both great fits with the Big Ten. The Big Ten makes the requirement of admission that uh, you're uh, a member of the American Association of Universities, which is a very prestigious group of roughly 60 or so schools that have the highest academic standards in the country, uh, public universities and, and, and private that have the highest academic standards in the country. And Virginia and Carolina are both members of that, that, that group, the AAU. So um, it would definitely be a benefit to both Virginia and Carolina as academic institutions to have those relationships. But it's not to say that you know, Virginia, Carolina, having relationships with schools like Duke and Wake Forest are not a benefit too. So, um, and, you know, in, in this standpoint, is, you know, you got to look out for your bottom line and, you know, uh, Virginia and Carolina both rank in the top 30 nationally in terms of their athletics uh, revenues each year. But, um, you know, that's a threat uh, with, uh, with, the, with the changes that have just happened in the last couple of days. Uh, and your ability to continue to to field uh, uh, competitive teams uh, is is at risk. And then thus, you, I mean, college sports, Scott, exist not to make money because they end up paying their bills at the end of the year. Um, they exist to market your school. And uh, if if you're not competing well on the playing field, that's not going to market your school very well. <laughs> And so that's what they're looking. That's the, that's the absolute bottom line here. It's not even about the money. It's about the ability. College sports exist so that on Saturdays, when people are either in the stadium or watching on TV, mostly for the watching on TV part, um, you see the university of Virginia presented in a positive light for three or four hours on Saturdays. And then on bat in basketball season, a couple hours on Wednesday night and, you know, Saturday afternoon or whatever else, it's a positive reinforcement of, Hey, UVA is a great place. Um, you, your kid should apply to go here. Um, and if you're in a second tier conference and you're not winning games, that's not going to present you in that positive light that uh, you're playing uh, the games for. So that's what it all comes down to. Yeah, I, I, I heard or read that college athletics was the front door to the university. It, yeah. To the, to the, to the general public. And, any realtor will tell you, 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 if you're selling your home, you gotta, if you want to promote your home, you gotta have a nice looking front door. Even D3 schools. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, they, they don't put the money into it at the level that the D1 schools do, the power five schools do, but Bridgewater college puts out a pretty good football team every year uh, up here in our neck of the woods. Yeah. Uh, you well, know, right they, up to Winchester and look what Shenandoah university is doing. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they understand that importance. If you're if you're putting a team on the field, you're trying to win, and um, you know this is the way you you're trying to win so that the alums can feel good. They write checks uh, when they feel good about things, and and then they come back to school every so often and watch a game. Um, they can brag to their friends, "Hey, Bridgewater won this game, or Shenandoah won this game, Washington Lee won that game," uh, and uh, uh, and then kids apply to those schools, and 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 they, the cycle continues, and that's what this is all about. Uh, and uh, uh, you got to look if you're Carla Williams, if you're Jim Ryan, if you're the UVA Board of Visitors, if you're any athletics director, president or Board of Visitors member at any school, you got to be looking out for for those interests. And um, that's that's where this is going. So 
we are that we're wrapping this up just so that the people who are listening to this know or watching this know it's just after 12 o'clock on Saturday. I say that because <laughs> the news in this is happening like every hour. So um uh we may have to come back, Scott, uh today or tomorrow or certainly sometime very soon to address whatever the latest developments are, but we will be ready to do that. Uh any other closing thoughts, Scott, as we're uh, wrapping up here? No, Chris, it's 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 certainly this isn't the dog days of August for, for certain, <laughs> or it may be um, weather wise, but it's not news wise. And uh, who knows, maybe this time next year, we'll be gearing up for the first game of the season to the big house <laughs> That's right. or to the horseshoe. When Scott and I connected yesterday, we said, hey, Scott's covering football practice. Let's talk about UVA football. Um, yeah, OK, we've, we've talked about we've talked about a lot of stuff, not any football. We may have to talk about that some next week, too. Um, for Scott German, I'm Chris Graham signing off. And again, hey, if you're if you listen this far, we might have some updates for you pretty soon. So please check us out. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. <laughs> <laughs>